and I've already recorded all the dusty. So, so yeah. So how 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 over the top should we go with this intro? See, see, the last time you said this was was a, was a famous moment in the, the last year of Black Archive history, uh, which I remember saying you go like a little bit over the top because it's like an event, but you know you don't want to go you don't want to go too over. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in five. everyone and welcome to into the black archive a podcast which could we worked out go on for five years <laughs> so the real question is how long do we get and how far does this go this is of course doctor who story one of 296 and an earthly child it has good set pieces but my god do some parts drag me theorizing and making a little bit of fan fiction for i knew what fan fiction was got me a blue peter badge what this one is what we put. God, we just needed to put one out. But this episode does justify good yeah. chat. This is the most important episode of Doctor Who ever made. <laughs> um, the Doctor's a weeping angel. Yeah. The Time Lord's a weeping angel. The angel has the Doctor. One year later, five and a half series covered, three Doctors. And here we go on year two. On. Into the Black Archive. Owen Cranston holds his mug in delight for the quality of that fantastic birthday edit. Uh, hello, listeners, on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. Uh, this is the one-year birthday special of Into the Black Archive. I don't know how we even made one year. To be honest, we had a sweepstake and I don't think either of us pushed back beyond three months. So this is really impressive. Uh, yeah. what, do you, what do you think about that, Owen? This um, this game of chicken that we're playing. Um, where nobody's blinking. <laughs> well, we, we've, we've very nearly failed because these past few months we haven't really uploaded much. That's true. We um, are still, I think we just haven't edited. They're still coming. Yeah, we're, we're um, about a series ahead. <laughs> speaking about editing... Mm. Do you want to know when I had the idea to do that intro? Like t- today, I'm guessing. When I sent you the message going, "Can you g- we start later so we can do- so I can quickly do some prep?" <laughs> Did you do this in the last hour? Yeah, that is pretty impressive for an hour's <laughs> job, to be honest. In an hour, well, yeah. what a, what a tribute it is to a year of audio broadcasting that its intro was done in an hour. <laughs> yeah. And there, there's some little audio clips in there, which some listen, which listeners won't recognise, because they never got published. The first two clips on there were from our first ever podcast, which edition of this, which we recorded, but we couldn't use because if you were listening carefully, you might have noticed which James microphone was a little bit. <laughs> it was because he forgot to change his audio settings, so we had to pre-record it. <laughs> and uh, this tradition goes on to this day. Uh, we, I mean, literally, just as we we're setting this up, my audio Audacity's inputs messed up, which is which is usual when we record this. Is that there's a little technical hitch here or there, um, 
a, notor- a notorious technical hitch in Black Archive history was on one of the flux nights where we lost a good chunk of record. I can't remember which episode it was, but was it like Once Upon no, Time I. or something? I think it might have been, where we lost a good a- half hour, 40 minutes of good audio. <laughs> yeah, because we, re- we realised, well, I realised eventually, which when my computer would go to sleep, I'd wake it up and it was still record perfectly fine. But all that audio afterwards would be corrupted. <laughs> and we were doing this record. And we got to the end and I just did a quick test of the last few things we said. And we, I, I just looked at you and went, Shit. And then you scroll back and just more Shit. more Shit. And then I was, I was at yours for another hour that night. Because <laughs> we had to get the thing out. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> Which I guess is is a good way to sum up. It's uh, two people going through an absolutely mad adventure with all sorts of obstacles, including time, effort, technical hitches, uh, and sheer tolerance of Victoria Waterfield, which has got us to this point. But, James. Yes, Owen. I didn't just do that in the last hour. What else did you do? Did you eat more fruit? God help us. I ate some fruit. I... Got more energetic, and then made something for you, James. For me, yeah. Like a present. You could say that. Is it just a series of jokes that you've cut out of this podcast? No, it's a quiz. Oh God! <laughs> 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 listeners, listeners, you're about to listen to a man forget all of the details of something that he has made. So it's so. Just for a little pretext for our listeners who don't know. Many years ago, James Stevenson was part of a student radio show <laughs> where this is not his happening. co-host decided to barge in on him, on him as he was asleep to do a quiz question. And he got, as far as I can remember, you got all of them all right, didn't you? I think I, I don't... I think I got like, the majority of them right. I can't remember if I got all of them right. It was it was early in the morning, and my re- uh, my memory of the filming is incredibly vague, as I was half asleep. But can he do better, or will he do worse on a full day's sleep? Yes, on like a decent night's sleep and a good amount of time being awake already, because this is quite late when we're recording. So I was going to get some some sound effects, but as you can probably tell by the intro, I got distracted. <laughs> yes, so uh, presumably you can just do your own your own sound effects if you really um, have yeah. ingenuity. I do. Don't worry. Don't worry. We can go. Okay. Question one. Which was the first cat? ever named character we see on screen in Doctor Who? Aye, aye, aye. Five. Four. Three. Barbara. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. It, Correct. It's the scene in the... Because she, she, she's there and then Ian comes in and then they talk about it. Then there's the flashback to Susan, isn't it? N- no. Is it not is it like a flashback to Susan? Like they sort of... Like they... Do you remember how a few days ago I said, which I started watching oh, the first episode, it was for yes, this, this question, for which I couldn't quite remember. Um, so we first see Barbara leaving her classroom, going to Ian's classroom correctly, and then they have a conversation, they go to Susan, and they go follow Susan home in their car. Then we have the flashbacks. Oh, then there's the flashbacks. That's not bad. 
Yeah, and so I'm guessing that happens while they're parked outside of essentially the quarry. Yeah, uh, not the quarry. I saw a quarry. Disused. um, Dump. Dump, yeah. (laughs) Goodness me. London was an era when there was dump land, like proper dump land in London. Now it's all gentrified. Question two. In that first story, we meet the tribe of Gum. Mm. How did that tribe elect a leader? (laughs) A, the elder of the group. B, the strongest fighter. C, the person who can make fire. Isn't it the person who can make make fire? There's a whole thing about this. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Because the whole thing by the end, isn't it, that they essentially light up the skeletons, don't they? Yeah, they taught someone how to make fire, and then, and then somehow we got to them still being kept prisoner. So they make for skulls and then run off. Which, to this day, is a weird ending to to an all right episode. Yeah, it made absolutely no sense. Question three: All the early episodes had individual titles for the first few seasons. Before we moved on to just part one or episode one of two three four yes there's a load of titles which means you're going to ask me that obscure one aren't you which was our last individually named episode which we watched was it for season three finale for war machines day of armageddon season three's eighth story for gunfighters the okay corral or was it Ian and Barbara's sad farewell in the chase for Planet of Do- for Planet of Decision? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So, the thing is, I don't remember the War Machines having individual titles, which might be, which might sound really stupid in hindsight, but I just don't remember it like off the top of my head. Ah, but it would. So, is it for season finale? For War Machines, Day of Armageddon. It'd be damn it's weird. The eighth story for for gunfighters for OK Corral. Ian Barbara's final farewell in the chases for Planet of Decisions. Five. <laughs> go with go with gunfighters, but I reckon it might be War Machines. Three. Ding ding ding. For Day of Armageddon is a name of an episode with Info Dalek's Master Plan. Yeah, I thought I thought it wasn't on War Machines. It just doesn't sound right. <laughs> so, it, so it was Gunfighters. Yeah, so it was Gunfighters, your favourite episode. <sighs> I, I reckon at the end of this, at the end of this, uh, do you want to do a sing-along of Last Chance Saloon? The, the classic song? Or do we even want to put it on again? I'll see if I can find it at some <laughs> we'll point. And we can, point. Have, I, we, we, we can wave it off. I, I think it deserves... And then I can edit a new complication. <laughs> complication. <laughs> <laughs> it deserves like a proper because you know it's it's based on those western movies with the cowboys riding to the sunset. You know that's us riding into the sunset on a birthday to that awful piece of musical terrorism uh, <laughs> that, that runs throughout the entire episode. But like, every five minutes we listen to the damn thing. So, so shall we move on? If you want, question, so question four. Speaking of question four, it's time for a question about the fourth season for Faceless Ones. I thought you were going to talk about Galaxy because... 4. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was in for the Galaxy <laughs> 4 segue. 
The Faceless Ones contains a lot of on-location filming. At which? English Airport. A. Gatwick Airport. B. Heathrow Airport. C. Luton Airport. Right. This I can actually rule this down because like Luton Airport, I don't th- even think was there. Five. And I know it's not Heathrow because I remember four. talking about this. It's Gatwick. Ding, ding, ding. You've got four out of four so far. You're going well. Hmm. When was the last time you went to Gatwick? Uh, I think two months ago. Really? Did you fly at Gatwick to Glasgow? Yeah. Oh, it's not bad. I don't think they did. Yes. Flat from Gatwick. Okay. They do it. They do it from all for London. Yeah, ones. I suppose they do. Actually, I haven't been to Gatwick in like fifteen years. So, sticking on the fourth season, let's look at the finale, and our favourite side character, Maxwell. I knew the Lord would come up. <laughs> In the fourth season finale, side character Maxable. Actually, I forgot to do our shout out. Question five. There we go. For, for Maxable. In the, fourth, in the fourth season finale, side character Maxable working with the Daleks to turn what into gold? <laughs> Iron into gold. Yeah. Straw into gold. Water into gold. See, I've constantly messed this up. That's why I chose it. Five. It's iron, isn't it? Like, it's iron. Four. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, water into gold. It just sounds better in my head than it would be water into gold, but no, it is iron. Yeah. You're doing well so far. I know. When am I going to get starting to... But now we're going to start getting a little bit obscure. And the, what, these weren't obscure? <laughs> Question six. This is how I get a noise complaint. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't this the point where I should be able to like bank my um how much how much is a millionaire when you get to is one grand? You should be able to bank one grand at this point. You're not getting any money for this. No, but hypothetically I'd be banking a grand now. It back to the chase. Everyone's favourite Dalek story. Everyone loves it. And ITV game show. Yes. In the chase, we get introduced to New companion Stephen. But what other children's TV show is the actor Peter Purvis most well known for? Oh my god. A. News Round. B. Blue Peter. Or C. Basil Brush. Aye, 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 aye. I'm torn on this one. Because you might have brought up Blue Peter because of the badge. Three. Actually, no, it sounds like it would be. Two. I'm, I'm gonna go Basil Brush. That's a guess, but it just One. sounds right. Uh, uh. It's, Blue, it's Blue Peter, isn't it? It is Blue Peter. Yeah, twat. <laughs> <laughs> I just, for some reason, I, I thought that named. Oh, right. I know I did this. This is gonna sound really weird, but this is the way my okay. mind works. I, when you said Peter Purvis and Basil Brush. I thought, okay, what like male actors are known for voicing animated characters? And I thought about like Peter Salis, who does Wallace. <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, oh, well, Peter would sound right doing an animated character. So that's isn't, why I went. Isn't there. he in a Doc Two episode as well? Yeah, Peter Salis is in one we've watched. Yeah, I, I wish I could have. I wish I could uh, remember which one it was. Otherwise, I would actually give you a quiz question back. But he is in one. Uh, he is. 
Infie Ice One. I've forgotten the name of the episode. Is he in the Ice Warriors? Ice Warriors, yeah. Now, 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 James doesn't believe me, so he's going to quickly go researching this. No, shut the f*** up. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing this <laughs> just to be sure. I just want to know. Yes, it's in the Ice Warriors. Okay, fine. So he's checking this because I am well known for being completely 100% accurate on this podcast, which brings us to our first meta question. Oh, no. Question seven. Can we clip up that thing forever? <laughs> yes. <laughs> In the first Black Archive episode we recorded, but never published, what TV show did I criticise for being incorrect? Only to be incorrect myself. <laughs> Was it A, Line of Duty, B, Torchwood, or C, Death in Paradise? Death in Paradise. Ding. <laughs> we had this whole this whole conversation during this recording <laughs> about like the, 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 the if you haven't watched it, listeners, you might not be from the UK because I know we have a lot of American listeners. Death in Paradise is a detective show, like sort of like a police procedural. Uh, usually, like this old guy who's randomly out in is it? Is like French Reunion they're in in Death in Paradise. No, they're on a custom-made um, island, which oh, is made up right, for yeah. the show. Um, and essentially, they have to try to investigate the show, but they never show you any of the clues. So the joke is, is that you can watch the first like 10 minutes, watch the last 15 minutes, and you've got everything. You've just cut out most of the show, and you wouldn't be any of the wiser about what happened. Yes. Um but I thought which a character never met each other and had a massive rant about how they never met each other. And then it turned out I was factually wrong. Which is normal, really. I, I, we made several errors during this show and they're all good fun. And so if you watch, listen to the first episode, which we did publish, we did talk about this amazing conversation, which we had, which then never made it to air. Question eight. Mission to Feet Unknown is the prequel to the Daleks Master Plan, which in 2019 was remade by which university? Knew, knew you would ask this. A. Salford University. Mm. B. University of Central Lancaster. Mm. C. University of Warwickshire. University of Central Lancaster. Ding, ding, ding. You've Great only got job, one wrong so far. By the way, from University of Central Lancaster. like They nailed the production of that. Right. Now we really are. These next two questions, I'm going to be impressed if you get these ones right. Yes, because they're going to be about things that nobody remembers apart from you. <laughs> According to the law... Uh, sorry, forgot again. Sorry, everyone. Sorry, my, my bad. Scream it. Question eight and uh, nine. Question nine. It doesn't have quite the same ring to it. Um, so many errors. <laughs> according to the law of Doctor Who, what blood type is for Queen? So we covered this at length yes, in the Christmas did, Invasion special. We? So is it A, A positive, B, B positive, or C, O negative? 
So this is this is a positive because this is a line in the Christmas Invasion in which um, Mr. Llewellyn goes, ah, just heard from the royal family, they're on the roof. <laughs> yes, and we discovered they're not actually a positive. So, question 10. What blood type is the queen? What? <laughs> what, what? What's the real blood type of a queen, James? <laughs> the real blood type of the queen? Yeah. Oh, negative. Is it, isn't that your question? I don't know. I just thought I, I'd do I, that. I, I, I just honestly thought that it was like public knowledge. Like, you, you don't know with <laughs> things. You think it might just be there. Right. So, of course, we discovered that in the Christmas Invasion. The first Christmas special in New Who. But what character was featured in the title of the first Christmas special? The feast of... A... Ian, B, Jamie, St- C, Stephen. In the first Christmas special? Yes, ever broadcast. Surely it's Ian. Surely it was Ian. <laughs> and with that, James makes it too wrong. That's still 8 out of 10 on a, on a quiz designed by a madman. But we've, we've got more to go. How many more do you have? This is your fault. I was doing this while I was waiting for you to call me back. How many more do you have? <laughs> That's for me to know and for you to find out. <laughs> Podcast listeners being held hostage by Owen's quiz. You can't leave. Question 11. Doctor Who Flux is named after the Super Destroyer Force for Flux. But who caused the Flux? A. The Swarm. B. The Grand Serpent. C. Titan. Or today's special edition. D. Time. What I love about this question is that this is, without doubt, the hardest question that I've been given, and it should be the easiest. So, can I can I actually like defer my answering to Chris Chibnall? Like, like, can I get a point for that? Because Chris Chibnall needs to answer this question first. Five. No, not that's not going to work, is it? Four. <laughs> Three. No, cast the fuck. Nobody knows. Two. <laughs> Nobody knows. One. Time. That's just that's the stupidest one. Time wasn't even on my list. I added that in last minute. It is C. Tactian. Look, Tactian. was acting on behalf of the division, which we don't know about. Yeah. So is it for division? For division, did it through Tactian, but we essentially only see Tactian. So I'm assuming which. What if? What if I prefer canonically that time caused the flux because fucking. In which case, we go on to question 12, which doesn't exist because that's for the end of the questions. Oh, was that it? That's a great last yeah. question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a phenomenal last question. <laughs> Who actually caused the flux? The eponymous flux of Doctor Who flux. Ah, <laughs> oh, we really are playing with flux now. So, 
this first year, James? Has it been fun? Has it been successful? Have you enjoyed it? Are you coming back for next year? Do I need to find a new co? <laughs> How did you enjoy Doctor Flux? Did you enjoy it? Did you? Who was your favorite companion? Who did you like for most of Doctor? Who was your favorite set? Which was your favorite airport? Which you went to? Which one was your favorite bar? Which one was your favorite uh, dog? Which one was your favorite airport? Which one was your favorite flight? Which you went on? Which one was your favorite? <laughs> You've mentioned, mentioned airport-related <laughs> things multiple times. So, James, what's your answer to those questions? I mean, where do you want me to start? <laughs> so, what did you think? What What have you thought about for your episodes we've watched so far? It, it's been an education, isn't it? Uh, coming from, I guess, when you're used to New Who slash complaining about Chibnall... Um, thinking that this is all there is, you do forget the kind of the storied history of of who and where that all came from. And you know, a lot of people don't take that step back and have a look around. We've been really lucky over the last year to watch a whole bunch of things, some good, some the gunfighters and other and other stories that probably don't need mentioning again. But for all the mixed bagginess, it's always a good. It's always good fun. Being able to like get through the episodes and then talk about them properly with you know somebody with a pretty good mindset on the thing. So it's been a very fun year, and I mean I don't know how many stories we've done, but we must have done like how many stories have we done? I counted them the other day. You did count them, and I've forgotten. Ah. I have completely forgotten. I'm also thinking in terms of how many stories have we done that are out. Yeah, I counted all for ones on our anchor, and I completely forgotten. Um, but also, we didn't just do the episodes. We also reacted, didn't we, to some of the major Doctor Who news, which came out since we've started. Yeah, and we since also we got had, flux. Yeah, because we've we were producing this as at the same time as Jodie and Chris decided which they were going to step back, which I think was a bit of a shock. Really, I think we were expecting Jodie to step back. But not Chris. In in some ways, I wasn't. I was surprised without being stunned because for me, there was a lot of conversation about the fact that perhaps Chibnall would get two doctors because that had been the the practice That's been the standard. But standard for new who? In reality, Chibnall's not been good, and the ratings haven't been good. It, it, I mean, despite the quality of the show, which is neither here nor there in these conversations, the ratings have dwindled on who in the series that, that him and Jodie were the, the leads. And the BBC have felt the need to, well, not only shift away from Chibnall, but shift, essentially, rush back to Daddy Davies to, to fix their boat. Yeah, which brings us on to the other bit of news which we covered. But it's not too news ever. Which was Davies is coming back, which I'm still a little bit concerned about, really. Because you're saying which we've got this massive show which can go on for years and has done for years. We're going up to the 60th anniversary next year? Yeah, next year. It'll be the 60th. Um, but we don't have enough showrunners for it, so we're having to go back to an old one. On one hand, yeah. And obviously it does. it never looks good from a PR sense when you go back to somebody because it seems like you've regressed in a lot of ways. And, and quite frankly, who has since Davies' previous era, in my opinion. But in this case, 
if if Russell T Davies wasn't Russell T Davies, if you go with me hypothetically for a second, if he was just a writer hmm. who hadn't done Who before, and you looked at his track record in other shows, he'd f- he'd fully be deserving of a showrunner job because some of the shows yeah. he's done recently have been phenomenal phenomenal piece of television. I think my concern is that if we're going back to old people who've done it, where's the new blood coming in? That's the one concern. My my hope is that that Russell is is a lot more accommodating of new writers, and it doesn't go back to like the exact same stable. Like we end up getting the same episode writers and the same producers, and it's just like it was entirely because that isn't going to help anybody. It's just especially a behind trip. behind the scenes because I. Don't know if it happened while we were producing these, but it came out very around the same time as we were. The news of what was going on behind the scenes yes, of with the, Davies, especially his first season. The first season is now unfortunately it's very difficult to look at. You know the shot in Boomtown where the four of them are there and you're like, that's the TARDIS lot, theoretically mm. from series one. It's quite difficult to look at that shot now because nearly everybody has kind of had Either they've been sort of tainted from things that happened on that series, or that they've personally had to distance themselves from that series because of those things. It's kind of a tragic yeah. image almost now with with what we now know about that series. You would hope that Davies has matured uh, and has become better at handling on set things like that, particularly the fact he's worked in television now for 20, 30 years. You would expect somebody with that level of experience to be able to handle these things. But out, outside of that, how, how I see Davies' return, admittedly based on nostalgia, and Owen will not get this metaphor, it's a bit like Cristiano Ronaldo coming back to Manchester United. Yeah, it, it might not make a lot of sense. And, you know, they're old maybe and they've done it before for the same show. But them coming back makes the show better. But as you're saying about with Boontown, we've got for people who now have been set aside due to what they did on the show and on later shows which they took part on but you've also got for people who step back such as Christopher Eccleston yes. who distanced himself from fandom but over the past year he has started to come back into the Doctor Who limelight he's started to do more conventions he's started doing big finish more big finish things which has been great it's it's just been nice having Chris doing stuff because that ninth Doctor is one of my personal favorites and because of those onset issues, we never got to see very much of them at all. But yeah, yeah. I, I remember us talking about this when we did the Emergency Podcast way back, when uh, when the news came out, that Eccleston was quite clear that if Davies was involved in who, he wouldn't be. Yeah. And just to go back on to the Big Finish stuff, I've been listening to them. I've listened to more Big Finish, Chris Eccleston Big Finish. Oh, even more. See, that's, that's a tradition, going over Eccleston Big Finishes. So, um, I still haven't listened to the first one in for the most recent one, but I've listened for two which have got Brigadier in. Mm. They're good. They're good. John Colstor is very good at Brig, as for Brig. Well, John Colstor well. is good at impersonating everyone. Yeah. Yes. We haven't actually, well, if you keep listening to our podcast after this episode, you will, you will meet the Brig as well. We have. Uh, we're about to introduce him to you. That'll be an exciting yes. episode. So, speaking of favourite side characters, Max, I'm, I'm going all right with segues here. I'm, 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 I'm starting to run out of ground, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're like still flipping between just wherever we can go. I mean, listeners, this is a very laid back show. It's us reminiscing yeah. and being nostalgic because we've done this for a year. We're allowed a little bit of that. 
So, who do you think your favourite character has been? Max Ball. Not the best character, but God, it's funny to watch him. I, I, I can tell you that Evil of the Daleks was probably the most fun I had watching a Who mm. story this year. Because that thing is just off the wall. So much is going on. I mean, not not even just Maxable, which is its own thing, but you know, Dalek Emperor's crazy. The um, the manservant. Oh, I can't remember his name, which feels really regressive. Oh, what was his name? But but you know, the one that's pretty much a big racial stereotype. And you think, how on earth did this get through? Victoria being absolute damsel in distress. Oh, goodness me. An episode that fun, and we were introduced to the worst side character of the lot. That that was a a great bit of fun, but there are other ones as well that 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 are really up there. Like the faceless ones is great for for kind of watching it and having a bit of fun with it. Dalek Invasion of Earth, despite being quite serious, is good fun. The War Machines is good fun to watch. Even stuff like uh, the They Do Not Exist Terror, the redacted Terror. Essentially, anything in season four is a blast. Yeah, season four, easily the best one. Um, I mean, we have all of those podcasts out now, if you scroll down through our feed. And it's mainly just us being very effusive, because uh, there's so much to praise about those episodes. They're, they're exactly what or why Who is has such longevity mm. and is so much fun when you got right. My, fav- my favourite side character is still Peter Further's cameo as that Texan in <laughs> The Chase. <laughs> The the thing is, is you say it's a cameo. It's almost the entire episode. It's I I I love it. Imagine imagine tuning in on a Saturday night, thinking, "Oh my god, what's going to happen to Ian and Barbara? The dart is going to get them," and then being subjected to an entire episode of a man who is about to be the companion playing a Mexican, but not not Mexican. It Mexican. It's Texan. <laughs> I was thinking. Of, I was thinking. Of, I was thinking of um, the. He was ostensibly Mexican line from Enemy of the World, which we just did. Uh, you know, you've got a Texan guy on top of the Empire State Building, essentially just reacting to things. It's one of those left field episodes of Who I've ever seen. It's like surreal performance art. Morton Dill, that's the name. More, it was Morton Dill, wasn't it? Morton Dill, yeah. The Chase was just a weird episode. It wasn't even like a good episode like we were saying with the Evil of the Daleks. It was just weird. Yeah, do you remember the uh, official worst villain probably in Who history that came from that episode? No, was it Dracula? No, <laughs> I forgot Dracula was in there. <laughs> oh yeah, for, for Mechanoids. Yeah, the Mechanoids. God, what a pointless race. That's a bit racist towards mechanoids. Have you met the mechanoids again? They haven't they haven't been given the opportunity to defend themselves, but realistically they didn't get painted in a good light. I'm sure there are some good mechanoids out there. God, I think that's what Trump said about it was, Mexico, wasn't it? It, 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 it wasn't just which they were a bit weird. It was for that end scene they had. Do you remember that end fight? I honestly, I honestly, what did they do at the end of then? It was just the end fight between them for Daleks, oh, but it was just yeah. way too many cuts and way too much random smoke and flames and zooming in, so you just couldn't keep track of what the hell happened. A lot of the action sequences of the chase felt like you were sort of at one of those three D funfair rides where you're getting thrown just about. Just like where they, f- just like where they found Dracula. Yes, but literally a three D playground ride. How? How ludicrous is it that, that Terry Nation decided, I know how to continue the Daleks, Dracula. So speaking of the worst race, in, in your opinion, 
what and good seasons. Let's flip that around. What was the worst story? In terms of just flat out bad? Yeah. Uh, worst stories we've covered. There are some contenders for this. Uh, there are, as much as we love Who, there are some episodes that are flat out bad. Um, Planet Giants is rubbish. Uh, I, I've said that constantly. That run really is poor. The Edge of Destruction from Series 1 isn't even a story, so it's hard to put that in this. But argument. let me put it to you. In the Edge of Destruction, there's really good character development. It's like, yeah. Maybe. Not really. <laughs> I know, just some, some opinion I saw on Twitter, so I thought I'd put it to you. That, people tweet about this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so which one is your absolute worst, though? Uh, <laughs> my absolute worst is The Vanquishers. Which one's The Vanquishers? The End of Flux. Flux episode oh, six. Oh, that one. I'm not even yes. messing around. That's the worst one we've covered. It's worse than Planet of Giants. Yes. Because because Planet of Giants didn't infuriate me like the Vanquishers did. <laughs> Planet of Giants doesn't have, you know, a sequence where instead of actually showing the Lupari being destroyed, a Sontara just goes up to companies to go, while you were away, we've killed every fucking space dog going. But who calls for flux, James? Uh, <laughs> I would like to believe it's time. Can we blame Chris Chibnall for flux? Can we just can we just canonically say the flux was caused by Chris Chibnall operating outside of time like a vengeful puppet god? Um, in terms of so wait, so it's worse than for gunfighters? Yeah, the gunfighters is trash, but it doesn't infuriate me like that does. But did the um, did flux have potentially the best music to it? ever known to earth but, but but this is the thing is doesn't that make gunfighters better that it has that music it gives it its own character its own tone flux yeah. feels toneless you know apparently in flux the sun was destroyed until it was fine for no apparent reason but did you feel like that needed the backing track <laughs> this is a good question what backing track would you have used oh I got my glass here. Yes, boys. Did you like my filling there? That was so much filling. (laughs) (laughs) The way you were padding that out, I was like, and your point is? Oh, playing on that piano makes everything sound out of tune. So essentially what you're saying is that for Vanquishers, it's better despite having this constantly running in the background. Yes. Okay. I think, I don't know, my one is a difficult one. They, I don't they know destroyed which the universe. Not again. But I thought you said this was fine. In moderation, it's fine. <laughs> but but the gunfighters didn't have it in moderation. Ben and Jerry's is nice in moderation. <laughs> but but the gunfighters had this going. Oh, shit. 
But for gunfighters that it's going all the way through, is that really in moderation? I didn't say it was good that it had it all the way through. I was saying it was better than the Vanquishers. God in heaven! <laughs> Which episode do I hate the most? The Romans is one you particularly hated. Oh yeah, the Romans was shit. <laughs> it was just weird. It just attempted to be funny, but just wasn't. It frustrated me. Yeah, it was that whole like three episode slapstick thing where like they had Ian and Barbara and the Doctor and Vicky set for it. Mm. Actually, no. What was that Flux episode? The <laughs> one called Ta- something Time. Oh, Once Upon Time. Once Upon Time. And it didn't make no sense to anyone. Yeah, it was just that like, total jumbled. Like, they were going through so many different things. It's a bit like this fucking song. Which is still on. Yeah. I downloaded 10 minutes of it. 10 minutes of this? Yeah, we've only done three and a half. Oh, God. Okay, okay, Owen. I'm I'm on level with you here. If I admit that Gunfighters is worse than the Vanquishers, will you turn this off? No, because you'd just be telling me what I wanted to hear. It won't be the truth. Right now, I'm having a memory of the gunfighters, and would you believe it? It's become worse. Has it? Why is it? Why is it worse? <laughs> oh, God. And for one year anniversary was for last episode. Oh, God. Uh. <laughs> um. Yeah, my headphones are on loud, listeners, uh, and um, that's not my tonk- problem. I know it's not, but honky tonk piano. Oh. <laughs> Lord, what I would give <laughs> to eliminate Actually, that song. I might be a little bit controversial here. Go on. Potentially save the keys of Marinus. You think it's the worst story? I don't have good memories of it. You don't you gave that, like, a seven or an eight. Did I? Yeah. No. I'm just trying to think of... I don't really have a worst one. That's the issue here. Surely something like, like Planet of Giants or Edge of Destruction. They're... I don't like them, but also... I won't go back and revisit them. Fury from the Deep? Yeah, no, that one there was just a waste of everyone's time, yeah. wasn't it? The Sensorites? For other, for other notably ending reasons? However, no one knows about Fear of the Deep because we haven't published the episode yet. Oh, yeah, um, we haven't even done that one yet. Fear, right, Fear of the Deep, don't listen to that. Waste of your time. <laughs> just, just, if you see that one pop up in your podcast feed, that's your week off. Um, right, let's go Desert Island Discs on this. Okay. If you were stuck on a desert island, James, which three episodes would you take with you? That's a great question, actually. I would have. I'd probably have a mix of. Like, I'd want a really good one. I'd want a funny one, and I'd just want something with memes that I could laugh at over and over again. So my three picks: the good one, I would take the Dalek Invasion of Earth. Mm-hmm. Taylor, straight out. That's brilliant. Six parter. Everything you want. So not faceless ones. I love the faceless ones, terror. but I wouldn't take. Like if I had to pick one really good one. Mm then I'd let that go. The really funny one, I'd have Evil and Daleks, because you can't Obviously. miss out on um, Iron into Gold. That that process that Max Double goes on 
ending with the 15 kills in one second <laughs> is, yeah, one of those character arcs you can't forget. And then the one with memes, I'm kind of torn because I think Enemy of the World's up there because because that has just bonkers stuff for days. Like Patrick Troughton playing a different <laughs> character while being the Doctor who is putting on a horrific accent the whole time. And then obviously the ending thing where they just suddenly discover that humans were in a cave <laughs> with absolutely no foreshadowing of this. So there's, that's a concept. And the rescue is probably a shout because it's short. It has the most ridiculous death going. Ah, I, can't remember, I don't remember you being being too positive about um, for rescue though. I wasn't positive about the rescue. I thought it was okay. But for that end death alone, I would watch it again and again. Mm-hmm. I would, like, presumably, if I can watch these, I have, like, a DVD player or something where I can, you know, rewind, fast forward and do all of that. Yeah. Yeah, in that case, I'd just fast forward to that death bit and just watch it over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> you don't I need to watch the episode. People... I think that's how people go mad. I mean, but that's why you've got the good episode and the and the, the funny episode that are like quite long, so you don't have to go mad. Yeah. Ooh, which ones would be mine? I think it honestly, I think they mostly come from fourth season. Yeah, I think I think the majority of them would. Because it is such a good season. Yeah. Even though it features think, two almost identical Cyberman stories. I think for faceless ones, because it's for faceless ones, and that's just generally quite yeah, good. Cracking episode. Potentially for arc, since it's essentially two stories in one. Yeah, I guess, I mean, and they're still quite linked. And I'm amazed that there are more well. stories that have done that. It's really clever. Yeah, it's a really good format of having the doctors come and then show the aftermath several year, hundred years in the future. Yeah, because I was I listened to. F- read the book for good doctor didn't i which i really enjoyed which had a similar mm. sort of premise of the doctor goes stops the war they accidentally travel so many years in the future and now everyone praises for good doctor which is actually just graham yeah and it's just such an interesting concept which no one really seems to do i don't know why yeah the idea of actually going into consequences there's a lot of who episodes that feel inconsequential i think that's one of my main issues with episodes actually if i could pin it down was that when a who story feels inconsequential Mm. and it was just kind of like this light thing where people are just sort of left there to go ah well we've sorted you out now now you'll move on and live pleasant ordinary lives (laughs) even though half them are dead ew dead people and there are many speaking of here's a question to you Mm -hmm. your best Doctor Who death that we've had in a year of Into the Black Archive for any reason, just best death because so many good ones. Well, as we keep discussing, my my ability to remember deaths is pretty is poor because you almost never yes. even come up with a best death <laughs> yeah, when exactly. we do the end season. What happens? But surely you've got one in your head, like from all from all the episodes we've had. Uh, potentially in for Macra Terror. When they have the controller oh, and it's just an old death. guy being terrified and he just gets <laughs> pincered. Yeah, that one's brutal. I'm a good big yeah. fan of that. Which uh, one's yours? A personal, a personal. I mean, we've already talked about the rescue, so I won't use that one. Um, if the faceless one's plain thing was a death, it'd be the best one. But obviously, it's a miniaturization. Mm. Still though, when you when you think it's a death when you're watching the episode, it's oh, it's good. Um. Bit of a classic, Keys of Marinus, 
Ian's oh, yeah, for pushing guy that from guy from down from. the hole. <laughs> <laughs> right, James, we're running out of time. Let's do quick fire. Quick fire, okay. Favourite companion? Oh, good question. Uh, Jamie. Has to be. Uh, I'm tempted to say Ian. Ian is very good. So is Barbara. I thought about saying Barbara at first, but I think Jamie has I'm to f- edge it because of the longevity. Mm. I think Ian, just because he settled for shit, he was one there, and going back to watch some of these episodes, I just love being with him. That's true. Ian's good company. And he, and I think particularly Jamie, he is good in the earlier seasons, but since we're now off camera at least, we're now on to season six, mm. he starts, starts to get a little bit grating. Yeah, the season five uh, dramatic arc with Jamie and Victoria is a bit of an issue, but you'll get to that because we've been talking about that in the runs we haven't spread out yet. Favourite Doctor we've covered? Well, we've only, well, that's a lie, actually. We've covered four Doctors. I realised, as we were discussing it pre-show, which my intro was wrong. Yes, your intro was wrong. But based on the strength of the episodes that we've covered, I'm going to yeah. go with Troughton. I would probably go the same. Yeah, just. I think William Hartnell's first season is very good. And then it kind of starts to stagnate itself. Yes, and then season three is... We don't have enough really to judge, and it still and just feels a little bit stagnant. Good. Yeah. I mean, even his You're... even his regeneration feels kind of underwhelming. Yeah, when I was listening back to make that clip, I listened to our opinions on that, and we essentially just said, like, what? why, what, why did he actually regenerate in the end? Yeah, he just sort of said, oh, well, I'm ill. <laughs> and that was yeah. it. That'll do. Basically just gave it the, these things happen. And then he was Patrick Trouton. I think just the strength of Trouton's episode's been better. He has like more of that playfulness and that mm, that unpredictability, which I think made those early season four episodes so compelling. Yeah, Trouton's the best at that. Excluding for Daleks, what's your favourite enemy? Captain Blade, possibly? From the Face of Swans? Not Salamander? Salamander's probably not the best enemy. He's incredible fun. I mean, you could you could put Maxtable in that conversation, though, if you're, if you're looking for just a fun enemy. Um, yeah. But if that's in the Dalek story, so it doesn't really count. Yeah, I, yeah I'd, I'd go Captain say... Blade. He's, he's the most sort of authoritative, cunning, intelligent villain. Yeah, really I good. would probably say the same. Oh, I've just thought of my most hated one. My most hated episode. Oh, have you? Web Planet. Yes. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. I just had a feeling. Oh, God, the Web Planet's rubbish. I accidentally loaded up a segment. I loaded up the wrong episode when I went to watch Doctor Who the other day. And and it just happened to land on... Sabi! Sabi! Do you sometimes, like me, wake up in cold sweats at night because you can't help but picture the Zabi? Zabi. Zabi. It's, it's also for hand-waving by the, um, for bee creatures. Yeah, that episode is, and I really want to stress this, absolute fucking nonsense. None of it but we'll makes sense. I can't remember any escape. of it. This was a big part of that era where um, it seemed like every single episode was like they would get to a planet and there was a species who were being oppressed by another species. 
Yes. And there was like the structure of literally every episode at that time. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the Zabi is probably the worst example of that kind of episode because that just went beyond comprehension into into like a place of magic which human minds cannot return from unchanged. I need to show people um, that episode of Doctor Who. It, yeah, I mean, hell, if you even just showed them a photo of those damn things. I, I remember when I... you sent me one before we watched it, I went, what the fucking <laughs> hell's this? I, I was in a deep state of confusion. Right. If you were to show one of your episodes which you've watched to someone, which would it be and why? Hmm. Oh. Jesus. Even of the Daleks. Even the Daleks again. Yeah. It's the most fun one. It's just berserk. I I did genuinely consider, by the way, the Vanquishers, J- just so I could show people how dumb it is. Not not because of the quality, just to show people how flat out stupid the writing is. Go on, Actually, ask me of, again. Who created the? <laughs> I thought of an episode to go on my desert island with. Yeah. The Verge of Angels. Oh yeah, that's a the one bit of flux that that is categorically good. And for some time one, but I wouldn't. I don't think that's that's a good. I wouldn't call it Desert Island worthy, but it's it's a decent episode. Yeah, like, those were definitely the strongest two. I mean, I mm. I wanted to ride a horse is easily the most memorable part of Flux from a script sense. That's a brilliant line. And obviously, yeah. Dan's parents are good for. Why don't we see Dan's parents again? We don't really see that Sontaran again. We don't see Dan and Carvanista banter again. It's like all the good elements of that episode. We were like, oh, great. If we've got more of this, we've got it. And we saw none of it again. So, do you have anything else you want to say? It's, it's I've run like, out of questions. It's almost like, like for, with that question, it's almost like I'm putting forward like the last year of podcast recording as like my confession to trial, and I now have to defend it. No, it, I was more thinking of how they used to do um, political interviews. I just asked really softball questions, like what I've been asking you, and then just end, finish up with anything else you want to add. Oh, yeah, the first thing. Uh, <laughs> What I would like to add is that it's been an absolute joy doing this podcast with you for the last year. Thank you. Uh, it, it same, is, same it is very good fun. Uh, there is nothing quite like being able to talk about um, 1960s production values, watching horrendous black and white film, uh, and trying to piece together Doctor Who episodes, sometimes without the episodes existing. A lot of the times we've had animations to look through and a real mixed bag of things. Either it's Galaxy 4 on DVD or it's something brilliant on Britbox or anything. So we've had a lot of different ways to watch it, a lot of different places we've watched it, a lot of different places we've recorded this because we've both moved multiple times since we've yeah, started this podcast. We've moved three times while we're recording this. Have we, have actually, we actually, I think you've moved four. Uh, let me think. How many times have I moved? Because you moved from your dad's house to your nan's house yeah, to one, Reading. Two, to London. So that's three. T- Whereas you've done, yeah, Bournemouth to Reading to... So, yeah, you've done two and I've done three mm. in the time that we've done this podcast. I've recorded it in so many different locations. 
and hell, we also recorded in hotels. Yep. We recorded Which... in person at multiple houses, but and then virtually at the same ones. Yeah, we you know because we started this when we had the third lockdown on, so we've had to record it in different ways, and now we are further apart than we usually are, so we've had to go back to virtual ones. Yeah, it's hard to believe. We all we started this as a way to get through third lockdown. <laughs> yeah, we're still here. <laughs> yeah. We haven't stopped yet. COVID as well. We're in our own mentally imposed Doctor Who lockdown where we cannot escape <laughs> until we've watched all of them. <laughs> However, I mean they're still hundreds to go i mean there is that clip right at the start this podcast we worked out could take five years i think with our upload schedule it'll probably take 15 so <laughs> so you know you'll be in for the long haul we hell there may not even be a world left by the time we're close to finishing so yeah so thank you as always james for the past year and thank, thank you for as coming well. and joining us for the birthday we, we i think we've done well so far and what can everyone expect over the next 12 months over the next year of black archive goodness well james that is a very good question because we've got <laughs> we've got as owen loads up for he, he was ready with some music but he was not ready with the episode list so we have got a little bit of for web of fear Fury from the deep. So deep. Avoid that one. It's not very good. (laughs) The end of season special for season five. What happened? Season six with the Dominators. That thing's... Oh, my. Dominance. For mind robbers. Very weird. And pirates. And that's all for ones we've pre-recorded. Yes, and there are others in the season. (laughs) There's a particular ten-part one. Uh, which should be exciting to get through. I believe it's time for us all to go to the last chance saloon. If you have enjoyed this end of year special, please remember to tweet us at Black Archive Pod, or you can email us blackarchivepod at gmail dot com. And if you've enjoyed uh, this one year anniversary podcast, and you fancy having a look through what we've done over the past year uh you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts scroll down our feed there's plenty down there to look through mainly just us two going off oh we're already going well <sighs> to sing us out <laughs> i might get the lyrics up we're going for it are we karaokeing this oh fully yeah why not in the last <laughs> no, not an animal rescue face. We are professional podcasters. We are. I've got the lyrics. No, do I? With rings on their fingers and bells on their toes. I've got it. The girls come to tombstone in their high silk coats. They'll dance and with that, tables. goodbye everyone. Sing you a tune, whatever's in your wallet at the last chance saloon. Happy New Year all.